you brought your Bible with you today, go over with me to to Luke chapter 11. Luke, the 11th chapter. I want to get back into a message that we started last week. We're talking about desire. This is a powerful thing if we'll get a hold of what the Lord wants to say to us and, and, and manifest in our lives. My, my heart, my, my desire is that this be a place where people connect with God, that we have intimate um, communication, intimate connection and experience with God. Not just with a building, not just with a, and a, uh, not just with a church, not just with another person, not just with a, uh, a sound or music or sights, but with the living God. Come on, these things are eternal. Everything else is temporary. And, uh, and, and what we set our desires on is going to make all the difference in the world. Luke chapter 11, verse 9, Jesus speaking here. So I say to you, ask, and it might be given to you. Is that what he said? Is, is there a difference in might and will? Absolutely all the difference in the world. Unfortunately, many people believe that if they ask, it might happen, but probably not. But, but how many know believing exactly opposite what the Lord Jesus taught us is not valuable to us? <laughs> not going to help, not going to benefit us in any way. But if we'll take Him exactly at His word, and when He said, ask and it shall, then basically that's the end of the story. No commentary. Don't really even need to teach that, do we? I mean, how, how do you say it better than that? <laughs> how do you say it will better than... It will. I mean, I can't think of a better way in the English language just to, than just to say, it will. So let's just stay with, it will. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. And so we're talking about primarily the, the language right in the middle of that. The scripture says, seek and you, What? will find God designed us he put it into our DNA that whatever we go for whatever we look to look after whatever we pursue in life that we are going to get that if it exists if it is a potential if you pursue and seek after something you will find it all right Uh, that can be good news or it can be bad news (laughs) because how many know if you're looking for the wrong thing If you're seeking after the wrong thing, you'll find the wrong thing. You'll be filled with the wrong thing. And it could be very destructive in your life. It could be very harmful. But it is still a principle that is at work in the way that God created us. Everybody with me? Okay. Uh, There are many principles in the Word of God that work both for the positive and the negative. How many know if we just talk about faith? faith will work to bring salvation into your life, to bring healing, to bring victory, to bring uh, prosperity, your needs met. It'll work to bring everything in your life. It'll also work, you can have faith to be sick. You can have faith to be depressed. You can have faith to fail. Unfortunately, many people have not recognized that they are operating in the principles of God, but they're just working them backwards. And and because of that, they're receiving results they don't really uh, want to have, but they're getting them anyway. Now, uh, when it comes to our desires, of course, it'd be very important, very essential that we recognize desiring wrong things, what those wrong things are, and what's going to result if we are filled with them. I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but what you have found so far in your life is what you have sought. These principles are already at work in your life. Seeking is the ongoing pursuit of what you desire. If something exists, you can find it. Uh, you know, sometimes 
what people want is valid. It's not evil, not bad, very desirable. They're, I mean, good things. But how many know even our desires for some good things can get out of proportion? You can begin to want what is not an evil desire, but you can begin to want it too much. And if you want sometimes even a good thing, I'm talking about anything good outside of God, I don't think you can want Him too much. Anything outside of the kingdom of God and His plan and His purpose, Him speaking to you, those kind of things. Uh, no cap on that. But other stuff, let, let's, let's say someone wants to be married. A single person wants to be married. Well, is that a good desire? Well, certainly all of itself. I mean, marriage is a God thing. He, he's the one who invented it. And uh, marriage is a God thing. That's a good desire. Is it possible for someone who's single to want it too much? Oh, entirely possible for someone to want it too much. Well, so how could someone want it too much? I mean, what could result if they want that in disproportion to what they should want? Well, the thing is, they'll find it. Hmm. If If you're single and want to be married, and if you pursue that, you will find it. There is someone out there that will marry you. I can't guarantee it's going to be happily ever after. It might be the wrong person, the wrong time, the wrong situation. But if anyone pursues that and they want it and they go after it, you're going to get it. All right. That's why having our desires governed by the principles of God's Word, by exalting Him above every other desire, will help us to not um, get off course. You see, whenever we desire something, even if it's good disproportionately to what we should, we cloud our judgment. We'll no longer make a rational decision when it comes to fulfilling that desire. We've got to have them in line so that that we can see clear, so we can make sound decisions, amen, and and, and end up in the right place and experiencing God's best for for our lives. And so whatever you go after and live for, it will be the content of your heart. Now, you, you might recall we, we sh- began sharing with you about these things last time, about the thrill of the fill, okay? And whatever I pursue, whatever I continue to live for, it will fill my heart. It will fill my life. And because of that, I will now only be satisfied when I have a continual supply when I continually feed upon that particular thing. If it is in my heart in abundance, I'm going to want more. It will be what I need to maintain my joy. It will be what's necessary to feel fulfilled in life. And whether we're talking, I mean, you can just think of many natural things. And I'm not calling these things all evil. But if I live for the latest movie... If I have a collection of movies and, and I know all the, the actors and, and I know all, you know, just everything about it and I can't wait for the latest and I go and see it, everything that's out there and that's just really something that I enjoy and that's something that I want. Well, because my heart is full of that, with the absence of it, I'm going to be unfulfilled in life. I'm going to feel like there's something missing. Why? Because I've chosen... To fill my heart with that. Even if it's just some other type of natural hobby. You know, you can fill your, fill your, your heart with 
a particular sport, if you like to play golf or something, you can do that so much and give yourself to it so much that nothing else will be able to satisfy you. That it will take another round. It will take doing it again before you feel like your life is worth anything. Is everybody with me? Am I calling that evil? No, no. But everything we do, everything we give ourselves to, must be tempered. It must be um, regulated by what's important. If I give myself to the Word of God, and I desire it, this is, I guess, you know, like I said, it's one of those things that there really is not a cap on, but I'm going to desire it more. I'm going to want more and more and more and more. And people will think, you're crazy. What, you really want that? You like read the Bible all the time. Well, literally, you can get to a place where because you have invested large quantities of that inside of you, nothing else really satisfies. But that's one of those things, for example, that you can't get hurt with. Your life is never going to go on the decline because you've gotten so close to God. Because you've gotten, you've gotten so spiritual. All right. The presence of God, the more I seek after that, the more I want it. The more I, I, I require it in my life. The more I would never live without. All right. Every one of us become, if this is not too strong of a word, but we become addicted. To, to many things in life, not necessarily to a substance. Of course, we know that that happens all day long. But we become addi- addicted to various lifestyles. Once we do, we need a continual supply of what we desire. I, I realize that some addictions are relatively healthy. You know, if you're ex- uh, if you're addicted to eating healthy food, well, I mean, can't say that's bad for you. You know, if you're addicted to uh, exercise, that's what you really love to do. I mean, obviously, that's a very healthy addiction but but here here's the thing with anything whether it's good for you whether it's middle of the road bad for you what we all we we still have to watch out because they can become a distraction to living a life full of god how many know you can't be completely full of two things at the same time it's it's like one is going to displace the other Especially when you're talking about contrary things. You're not going to be full of God and full of the devil at the same time. (laughs) You're not going to be full of love and full of hate at the same time. You're not going to be full of kindness and just the rudest person around at the same time. Right? Uh, one, One thing will displace the other. And this is important for us to know that, um, our lives are not just a result of knowledge we have. Knowledge is important. Spiritual knowledge, kingdom knowledge is very important. But your life and what you're experiencing today is not just a result of the things that you've learned. But what's happening in your life, the decisions you and I are making, is a result of what we're full of. And if you are full of some good things, that's what's going to manifest in your life. Not just what you know. Because listen, come on, many of us have learned things. I've had experiences with God. I've learned some very, very valuable things. Yet at any given moment of any given day, it's what I'm full of that I'm going to act out. It's what has what I, I have a large quantity of that will come out of me sooner or later. 
Let's put it that way. Go over with me to to, uh, Luke chapter 6. Just a few pages left where you were. Luke chapter 6. Many of you know this verse. This This is a great scripture from the Lord Jesus. Luke 6 verse 45. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Notice that notice that language, treasure. If someone has a treasure of something inside of them, be that good or evil, they will bring forth out of that treasure. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. One way you can say this is out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth leaks. Because the, the basic principle and how, how we are designed is that what we're full of is going to come out. It, it's like if you go to the gas station and, and, and put the nozzle in. And you know, they've got those safety things on there so they click off when you're full. But, but, but how many know if you, if you didn't have that little safety thing on there that would register when the tank was full, what would happen? Well, as soon as it got full, it would start coming back out right? That's how you know what you're full of. <laughs> what, what, what comes out? What comes out of you? You might want to, everybody be nice, but you might want to talk to a friend, a spouse, someone who's close to you and say, what am I full of? <laughs> They'll let you know what comes out of you. Because when you get to capacity, that's when you keep pumping, when you're talking about something really good. You get to capacity, keep putting it in, keep putting it in, until everyone around you know, knows what you're full of. And it's the goodness of God. Come on. It's the love of, it's the word of God. It's the p- power of God. It's, it's every good thing that we want and desire in life. Uh, this, this is how God designed us. What is in your heart in large quantity will show up in your life. How many know you cannot just control your mouth? If you know scriptures, you know this to be a biblical principle. We cannot just control our mouth. If you say, control your mouth. No, not going to happen. might happen for a short period. might happen for a little while. But eventually, what's going to happen? Whatever you're full of is going to start coming out. And the only way to continually and ultimately control what's coming out of our lives, whether we're talking about words, whether we're talking about how we conduct ourselves, our actions, it's only going to be controlled by the content of our heart. How do I fix that? I've got to change what's inside of me. I've got to want what is right, want, want what I want to come out of me. And uh, again, now, if we watch and listen to people long enough, we can read their hearts. Do you know that? So I just can't tell if someone's telling me the truth or they're putting on a sham. Well, you could if you were around them long enough because no one's going to fake it continually. You can't. Eventually, who you are, what you're made of is going to show up on the, in, uh, on the outside. If that's good, it's good. If there's some junk in there, it's going to come out unless you replace it with something more desirable. Dominant actions always reveal the heart. Okay? And so uh, an evil person cannot perpetually fake honesty, integrity, faithfulness. They won't. This, 
Side note here, by the way, this is the reason why some individuals never stick with the same group of friends or the same church or the same family or the same job. It's because after a while, what's in them gets revealed and everyone else around them knows that they're full of it, what came out of them, right? And so they have to kind of move on and do something different. So, well, I don't really like that. You might be describing me. I'm not saying it's not curable. In fact, that's the reason we're talking. It is curable. It is changing what's inside. It is pursuing and desiring the right thing to the point that you discover and that you find and you fill your life with every good thing and then now you're the real deal. Come on now. Then now you don't have to to try to cover up anything. It's just what will come out of you naturally. Praise the Lord. And so this is why sometimes, uh, again, a lot of change happens, but uh, some people don't really want the things that they say they want. Some people don't want healing even though they say they do. That becomes real annoying to the person believing with them. <laughs> when the only reason they're going up to, have, people, to have, have other Christians pray for them is because they feel like they're supposed to. Feel like uh, I'm supposed to because we believe in this. But in reality, they'll know they'll lose their disability check if they get healed. And so they're faking their prayer. Hmm. In reality, they know they're going to lose the sympathy of every family member because they're no longer going to take care of them and do everything for them if they get healed. All right. Here's what we need to let's be honest with where we're at and what we really want. All right. And uh, praise the Lord. How many know when it comes to uh, children, those who live with you, parents, I'm talking to you right now, if you have kids in the house, those who live with you know you. They know what you're really made of. And parents, sometimes they look at their own life, their own experience, their own failures and say, I don't really want my kids to end up the same way. I don't want them to do these same things. I want them to go a different direction. Well, good luck with that. I mean, that, that might sound pretty negative, but here, here, here's the principle we must understand. The only way for us to keep it out of our kids is to get it out of our own hearts. Because you can't, when you live with someone, you can't hide it. They're going to pick up what's, what the real thing is, what's, what's really there. I don't mean a parent has to be perfect, and, uh, but, they, but, but they do need to be honest. They do need to be the real thing. They do not need to not try to, try to fake things and cover up with those who are closest to them. And it's going to get deposited in those who are closest to you. You're in uh, Luke. Go back to the book of Mark. Mark, Mark chapter 4. See, see this, this issue of what we want is a critical part of getting the Word of God to work for us. Some say, well, God's Word works. Well, I know it does. Inherently, God's Word will produce whatever God says it's sent to produce what it was sent to produce. And it will accomplish what it was sent. But how many know it's a whole other thing for a person to receive and benefit from what God says? So I just say whatever God says is going to happen. I say whatever you say is going to happen. <laughs> we're at odds. <laughs> Understand that, that the, the Word of God was never designed to override your free will. God didn't give you promises and say, that, you know, A, B, C, X, Y, Z, all these kind of things, and now your desire, now your belief, now your will, now 
Your decisions are irrelevant. That's not how it works. All right. What you say about what God says will be what you receive in your life. It's not a matter of, uh, of God just imposing his will upon us. It's about him giving us a word and saying, if you'll believe this, all things are possible to him who believes. We have the choice to accept or to reject and to believe and walk in the, the, the plan of God or to resist it. Anybody having fun yet today? Mark chapter 4, Jesus was teaching here. I'm going to grab a, a part out of his teaching on the, the parable of the sower. He was talking about the word of God. He said in verse 18, Now these are the ones sown among thorns, talking about seeds, which is the word of God. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful notice what causes the word of god to become unfruitful among a couple other things listed he said your desires for other things your desires for other things here's what can absolutely make none of this work for you today it will absolutely cut off the power of God's Word from working in your life when you want something else besides what God said. That's a very, I know that's a kind of a powerful statement and, a, and, and really can be kind of rattling, but when I am pursuing and desiring, craving for other things in my life outside of what God has said, and I have given them preeminence in my life, I have effectively shut down the power of God's Word from working in me. Wow, you mean just, what if, I, what if what I want is not really evil or sinful? Just other things. He's not mentioning, obviously we know some things are very destructive. But he just said other things. There is a, uh, there is a position that a person can take where they can literally want what God says and what he, what he speaks, His plan for their life, more than anything else. And they set their heart, they set their affection on Him. And that makes it work. It is our desires that make all the difference in the world, not just what we know. Look with me at James chapter 1. So you're saying I have to want God's Word to have it have a positive effect in my life? Yes. I'm in church. Doesn't that count for something? No. Glad you're here, but no. <laughs> well, I prayed. Doesn't that count for something? No. It probably wasn't even real prayer. Because so many times we have substituted an activity, a religious ritual, instead of what God wants. He wants your heart. And he wants you to want. He wants you to want Him. He wants you to value His Word. And there's no bluffing here. There's no putting on or faking these things out. When we want the Word of God, when we want His stuff in our lives, He knows it. And it is the thing that causes it to come to pass in our lives. This is a free will relationship. We will experience Him and His power in direct relationship to how much we want it. Now James chapter 1. Everybody found that? James 1 verse 14. It reads, but each one is tempted 
when he is drawn away by his own, what's that word? Desires and enticed. Now, so this is obviously working in the negative, right? Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Think about this. You understand who does the enticing here. That would be the devil. That would be uh, the enemy. All right. He does the enticing. It's the, it's the delusional thing trying to trip us up, fake us out, all kinds of stuff. He does the enticing. But how many know the enemy has no inroad into our lives unless it starts with a desire? If I don't desire to do something that would be evil, sinful, harmful, if I don't want it, the enemy can't touch me. So what if he just comes with a temptation anyway? It's not a temptation to me if I don't want it. It's like, serious? <laughs> You're trying to tempt me with that? It's like trying to tempt me with broccoli. <laughs> really? You think that's going to work? Ooh, I'm so shaking. <laughs> Can't control myself. <laughs> I don't want it. Because there's no desire, there is no inroad. There's no opportunity. And so, so what, what are you getting at here? If I can curb and alter and fix my desires intentionally, I'm laughing in life. If I can literally make my desires right, make them what I want, what, what, are, what are godly, then I am free from disappointment. I am free from not having fulfilled desires. I'm free from temptation. Well, I don't mean we can't be tempted because we're always going to desire something, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to trip up. I'm not going to fall for these things. All right? He said in verse 15, Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And so the way we overcome temptation is simply to set our affection on God. I mean, we set our affection on Him. It's a choice we make. It's a decision that we make to set our affection on Him. Any one of us can do it. Any one of us can be full of Him. The way that the process works, you can see, if you break this down in these verses, it goes desire, enticing, conception, sin, growth in that sin, and death. Sin is designed to kill you. It's designed to mess up your life. But I want you to see this principle from the positive perspective as well. These things also work with desires in a good way. I can have a desire. The Holy Spirit doesn't entice, but He'll stir you. He'll lead you. Desire, stirring, conception, it's birthed in you. Obedience to what God said, growth in that. And what's the end of that? Life. Desires, fully played out, death, or desires, fully played out, life. The very life of God. And they all work the same way. Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3 is is another great verse of Scripture along these lines. See, see, we're going to control which way we're going to go by what we set our heart upon. And this is something I think is really important here. Every one of us are, have 
and are and will make a choice as to what we are going to pursue, what we're going to look for out in, in life, what we're going to set our heart on, what we're going to seek after, what we're going to look to for our sustenance, for our joy, for our provision, for our healing. We make a choice every day. If I get hit with something, something comes against me in a negative way, I'm going to make a decision right there. I'm going to look to man or I'm going to look to God. I'm going to look to this natural fix or I'm going to look to the power of God. I'm going to look to this substance to cure my present ills. I'm going to gorge myself on this food. I'm going to, when I'm dealing with stuff emotionally, physically, financially, I make a choice. What am I going to pursue now? What am I going to deny? What am I going to look to? And if I begin pursuing, seeking after the wrong thing, I'm going to end up with a heart that's full of that. And nothing else will satisfy. I hope this is making sense here today. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, uh, this is the King James Bible, it reads, set your affection, other translations say mind, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Notice the language, what's the understood subject? It's, it's you, you set your affection. I, I, I am given a choice, I am given a right to either set my affection on things of this earth, pursue them, desire them, want them, crave them, and I'll get them. I'll get them. We're designed to, to, to function that way. Or I can choose to set my affection on things that are above, on the plan and purpose, the Word of God, everything He has for me. If I set my affection on that, guess what? Same principle. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Be, be determined. Understand. Let this be a, a settled truth in your heart. If you go after something in God, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Even if you've been taught wrong up until this point, even if you've had a lack of success, know this principle. This is absolute. This is not, this is not if and but maybe it might happen. No, 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 no. You will. Let that be settled in your heart. If you don't get anything out of it, know this. If you go after God, you go after the things of God, you will get it. You will absolutely get it. You know, here's the good news about some of this. I mean, that's good news all by itself, but uh, more good news. God set up His kingdom so that those who would seek after Him and look to Him would also, without seeking after, they would get all the natural stuff that they want and that they need in life. It's a really good deal. You're saying if I seek after the things of the world, if I set my affection on the things of the world, then, you know, I don't get God? (laughs) Exactly. But when you set your affection on Him, priorities get aligned, everything gets straight, you get everything you've sought in God and all all the natural things. In, in your life that you want, that you need. This is a good plan. This is a good deal. I like it. I like it. To keep your zeal and fire for God, you simply must stay filled with Him. If your desire for the things of God, to worship, to get in His Word, to share the gospel, to minister to the sick, to, to help people, if your desire is real low, 
get full again. The Bible speaks about people being, speaks about spirit-filled people being filled. They got filled. We're exhorted in Ephesians. We're right there. We're exhorted in Ephesians. Be filled with the Spirit. What? What do you mean be filled? We've already been filled. There are ongoing and continual fillings of the Spirit of God for the believer. And if we stay full, we want what we're supposed to want. It's not hard. I'm not going, I'm not going to church out of, out of discipline. Thank God a disciplined life is a, is a good thing. We don't, you know, speak ill of that. But you know a better way to live is to go to church, is to pray, is to, is to live your life out of desire. I go here because I want to. I give because I want to. I worship because I want to. I help out and serve others because I want to. Isn't that, a, isn't that a better way? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I go to the gym and I don't want to. <laughs> but, you know, thank God you get that discipline that will kick in now and then and, and help you to do what you're supposed to do. And there's no doubt sometimes you wake up uh, maybe on a Sunday morning and you go, I don't want to. <laughs> you want to just roll over and lay. And hopefully there's that, a little bit of discipline that will kick in there. But as the majority is the overriding principle of our lives, we're to do things out of desire. Because we want to serve God. I don't want to become like a Pharisee. I, I don't want to become just a, just a religious zealot where uh, I, I'm so operating I, I, out, of, out of discipline that it ultimately I become judgmental. I'm just angry at everyone who doesn't do what I'm doing. But why don't they act this way? I know people who are angry at every overweight person. Every time they see him, they're like, ah, oh, can't believe they do that to themselves. It's like, chill out. Just because they have a strong discipline in their life they impose that upon everybody else and say you know thinking they understand every situation they don't live your life out of a desire to 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 help and bless and 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 you know what i'm talking about i hope that makes sense we don't want to become that in a in a in a spiritual way we're just mad at everyone who doesn't who isn't in church mad at everyone who doesn't do what we do do it out of desire let the love of God flow through you. And, and the way that we do this is to stay full. Desire it, pursue it, you seek it, you find it, you stay full, and everything works from that point on. Kind of, you know, Sometimes you just kind of got to act like a drunk. And uh, you, you know what I mean by that? Stay with it until it produces physical effects. Keep pouring in the Word, keep pouring in, keep, keep staying in God's presence and worshiping Him until, until what? <laughs> until you can tell. I'm feeling it now. <laughs> Some said, I, I'm not feeling a thing. I've been here all morning. <laughs> not feel, stay late. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I mean, I say that jokingly, but it really does make a difference. When someone will stay, they'll pull up to the bar and, and stay there for a while. And just keep receiving. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to have some, some physical effects. Now, I'm not encouraging you to go out and drink. I am encouraging you to look to the Lord, fill yourself with the Word of God, to stay in His presence and talk to Him for lengthy periods of time, like without ceasing, like all through your day. Be mindful of Him. If you find your mind drift away, bring it back. Come on, you stay with something long enough, and you'll say, wow, this is nice. Oh, wow, this is way different. 
And I'm telling you, going to church and doing the things that you've done before will take on a whole new meaning. Oh, it'll, take on, it'll be a whole nother experience when you have the want to. When you're full and it's what you live for. Glory to God, I'm feeling good all of a sudden. Praise the Lord. Man, <laughs> God is good. God is good. He wants us to recognize the potential of what this life can be. Of what our experience in Him can be. It can be so good we can hardly stand it. Father, I pray today for each and every person who is here. And I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. I pray that they would be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pray that there would come fresh revelation and understanding of your goodness. Understanding of of living a spirit-filled life. Understanding of being saturated with the fullness of you. Lord, thank you for the moving of your spirit even now across this place. I thank you for the wind of the spirit. Lord, that you move in our hearts and minds. Lord, that you help us And by your grace, we see and we know and we recognize your voice. We recognize your leading. You're stirring our hearts and we know what to do. But thank you, Lord, even right now. May there come a saturation of every person that would look to you. Every person that would hunger. I thank you. They shall be filled. Say it out loud with me. Say, Father God, I receive the fullness of you. Fill me again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for working in our lives today. Thank you for the power and presence of your spirit doing a mighty work in us now. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.